0: Okay, so the title of the message today is, If God be for us, who can be against us? We all know that the Jews are God's chosen people. He set them apart. He wanted to do a work in them, and he is going to preserve them. And so we see that in chapters 9 and 10. We see that throughout the book. Um, But it's just just amazing, and we have that same thing, that God is with us, he's for us, and because of that, nobody can stand against us. And so I just take comfort in that, that in the midst of um, life and uh, we can have enemies and we can have people come against us, but the Lord is good and he's faithful and he sees it all and he's provident. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just thank you for uh, just your word. Lord, I just thank you that your word is so powerful. Lord, we, we see that it's living, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the heart. pierces through bone and marrow, Lord. It is so powerful, and we can look to it for every situation in our life. Everything that we go through, you see. And we thank you for that, Lord. We pray that you would, um, as we open your word right now, Lord, speak through me, whatever it is that you have for each of these ladies, that you want to speak to our hearts, And show us your love, show us your divinity, your sovereignty. Empty me of me and fill me afresh with you. And fill each one of these ladies afresh with you. Lord, Holy Spirit, be here dwell with us. Reign in this place. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you'd open your Bibles with me today, we are going to finish this book. Um, So we'll be in Esther 9, and then we'll finish with chapter 10. But it's just so um, so awesome to see where, you guys already read this and so you know, but how, what the enemy wants for us, or those things that are devised against us for evil, God can turn and use for good. It just always, I'm always like, yes, I want to be on the the good side. (laughs) I want to be on God's side, in the army. So, all right, chapter 9, verse 1. Now in the 12th month, that is the month of Adar, on the thirteenth day, the time came for the king's command and his decree to be executed. On the day that the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overcome them, the opposite occurred, and that the Jews themselves overpowered those who hated them. That is totally the Lord. We <laughs> we can't do that. That is so just God being able to, to conquer those things and to turn what was meant one way and turn it for good. His way. But something we see there is not only was the king, King Ahasuerus is now on the side of the Jews and Esther and Mordecai, but the king of of kings is on their side. And that truth stands for us too. That God can turn those things and and direct it. And I I don't know about you, but I'm always amazed when I think I don't know how this is going to turn out and I'm frightened maybe and I'm um, maybe in despair and then the Lord does something out of the blue miraculously that I can never comprehend, like I never saw that coming. And I'm sure that these Jews, Mordecai, Esther, and all all these Jews that are throughout the provinces, throughout Susa and everywhere, they had no idea. They just for, I think it was about 11 months, I don't remember the time frame, but they sat in that time thinking, I know the day we're going to die. Maybe they were troubled with that thought of like, we don't know our days. We have no idea if we're going to die this day or that day, but they already this date was set that they were going to be destroyed. And so for all that time leading up to that, they were probably in despair thinking, how is this going to turn? And hopefully they looked to the Lord, all of them. We don't know. It doesn't say. But we know that Esther and Mordecai fasted and prayed, and they sought the Lord. Verse 2. The Jews gathered together in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Hasharius to lay hands on those who sought their harm. And no one could withstand them because fear of them fell upon all the people. So these people are now frightened. It turns, the table turns over the whole 127 provinces everywhere. I'm sure that they they could see then that these people... This people group was protected. They had a superpower, not them, but there was a super something that was protecting them. Verse 3, And all the officials of the provinces, the the, the satraps and the governors, and all those doing the king's work helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. So how cool, the army is now all the government officials it's like the changing of hearts too. It's not, this isn't just, just for the Jews, but other people that don't even have God are being changed. There's Mordecai, this amazing guy. I, I think he's amazing. Some people criticized him, some commentaries and scholars criticized him, but it's the demeanor. People are watching us and they're going to watch how, what we're doing and how we respond to things and that can, can sway them. And so now these officials and all these government, government people there's a fear upon them, and I think it's more like a reverence. They have this respect of, like, okay, they have a God. I don't have that God, and that God's protecting them. So now they have this this reverence, this fear. Verse 4, for Mordecai was great in the king's palace, and his fame spread throughout all the provinces. For this man Mordecai became increasingly prominent. That's so the Lord, because <laughs> this poor Mordecai, He was just, what, chapters before, he's he's in sackcloth and ashes. And now he has this prominence that people respect him. Verse 5, thus the Jews defeated all their enemies with the stroke of the sword, with slaughter and destruction, and did what they pleased with those who hated them. We sometimes have a hard time with war, and we don't understand it, but there is a time for war. Ecclesiastes speaks of that, too, in chapter 3, that there is a time for war. There's a time for peace, and there's a time for war, and this is a time that there's going to be war. And so as much as we don't understand it, and we might look at that and go, oh, gosh, that's so that's so hard. But God understands. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He understands. And when we go back, we see where this started way long ago started in, um, it's throughout Deuteronomy, it's throughout Exodus. It's, we see that this war was was started even way back then, but now it's going to be brought and done, and there will be victory. Verse 6, And in Shushan, the citadel, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men. Also, Parshandatha, Delphin, Ashpatha, Paratha, Adila, Aradatha, Parmashtha, Arasai, Aradai, and Besethatha. <laughs> I can never say these names. <laughs> Sorry. The ten sons of Haman, the sons of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews, they killed. But they did not lay hand on the plunder. They, they just wanted victory over their enemies. They weren't looking for how to take their their possessions and whatnot when we go back to the scripture where Saul um, was supposed to destroy um, Saul took hold of their plunder the good stuff he didn't destroy it all and he was supposed to destroy it all and so here we see a difference they're not in it for the money they're not in it for their possessions they just want to um, take out their enemies and they have God's favor Verse 11, on that day the number of those who were killed in Shushan the citadel was brought to the king. And the king said to Queen Esther, The Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men in Shushan in the citadel and the 10 sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now, what is your request? Or what is your petition? It shall be granted to you. Or what is your further request? It shall be done. So we see a difference here, too, with even King Ahasuerus. He's such a different man now, too. He's going before his king, conversing with her. He's asking her questions. He's talking to her. He's wanting to know, and he's got her side. And I know as wives, we want our husbands on our side. <laughs> we don't want to feel like we're in two different courts here. We don't want to feel an opposition. We want our husbands standing beside us and to protect us and to um, to be one with us and and we just see this, and, and that's totally the Lord in Esther, um, changing that heart in King Ahasuerus. That he would be such a different man to, to not only, it, his petition doesn't even stop last time when he would, would say, What is your petition? up to half the kingdom. He doesn't say that here. There is no boundaries now. There are or limits. It's limitless. So that's just the work of the Lord by the Holy Spirit. And so that we can take comfort in that. If our husbands are struggling with something, we can look to the Lord to be the Holy Spirit. His job is to convict of sin. We can just come alongside of them and seek the Lord with them and for them and in petition for them. Verse 13, Esther said, If it pleases the king, let it be granted to the Jews who are in Shushan, to do it again tomorrow, according to today's decree, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged on the gallows. So Esther again shows respect to the king. Um, she hasn't changed her way of going, oh, now I have some prominence, and now, now I have the upper hand. I'm going to speak differently. I'm going to demand my way. No, she still has respect. She still has dignity and is being used by the Lord here. Um, some, uh, when I was reading different... Um, Different things about Esther and, and whatnot. Esther was criticized by some because she said, can we do this again tomorrow? But I think it was because she wanted true victory. She knew that it wasn't finished. I believe she's being led by the Lord, that it was not a complete work. And that was the thing is um, when we looked back, when we look at... Um, where Saul was told, he was told to utterly destroy Elim, uh, Amalek and all that they had—that was men, women, children, all their possessions. Saul didn't do it. Saul left um, Agag. Um, then he goes and he takes. This is in uh, Deuteronomy twenty-five, but he takes um, all the good stuff. It's well, it's throughout Deuteronomy, and it's also in. Exodus, and in 1 Samuel. It's three different spots. Sorry, sorry. Um, but There's... Um, sorry, now I just got off track. Um, he's told to do this, but he doesn't. He leaves Agag, and he leaves... Uh, he destroys the bad stuff, like the the cows and whatnot that were not great, but he keeps the rest. And so... Uh, and First Samuel 15 says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. that That's for our life too. If the Lord tells us to do something, we need to solely do it. Don't question. And even if we question, it's not a big deal. The Lord understands our heart. He understands we are but frail people. <laughs> but to obey is better than to sacrifice. Because he left this window open. He left this, this guy, Agag, and then his family and later... You see, um, um, I think it's Eli, I'm sorry, I didn't put it in here, but I think it's Eli who actually takes him out and destroys him and cuts him into pieces. But um, war is ugly, but the Lord means business. And so he is, he means what he says and he will do what he says. So we just need to obey. Even if we don't understand it, we just need to do it. So Esther says that the sons should be hanged on the gallows. Um, so they've already been killed, but now to be hanged on the gallows, that's more of like a piercing maybe for them to be like a representation of don't mess with my God. We're, you know, not, not that we put ourselves out there and like I'm, we're not holier than that. We are not like that, but it's the Lord in us, and, and we, are, we are his, so don't mess with his people. Don't mess with his children. Verse 14, so the king commanded this to be done. The decree was issued in Shushan, and they hanged Haman's ten sons. And the Jews who were in Shushan gathered together again on the 14th day of the month of Adar and killed 300 men at Shushan. But they did not lay hand on the plunder. So when, when Esther asked of this, she's just asking for it in Shushan. It's not throughout the whole providences. This is just in their, their this Shushan, the citadel. Um, in their area. So 500 the first day, and now it's another 300 men. But again, they are in the same thing. They're not taking of the plunder. They're not trying to take things because it's not about that. They weren't doing it for possessions or money or. or. Verse 16 The remainder of the Jews in the king's provinces gathered together and protected their lives, had rest from their enemies, and killed 75,000 of their enemies while they did not lay hand on their on the plunder. So 75,000 of the enemies are taken down. And that's throughout the 127 provinces that the king had, that he was a ruler over. Verse 17, This was on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and the 14th day of the month they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. God had victory. They had victory with the Lord. And now they are going to have rest. We can have rest in the Lord, that he's going to be the one that fights our battles. And now they're having feasting and gladness. We can have that with the Lord. They had for about a year, 11 months or so, they they knew that their day could come, that they were all going to be destroyed. And now, if the tables are turned, I think we would all be rejoicing. We I don't know, we've never really had that ourselves, and obviously we've never experienced that, but... Um, we think about when Hitler was taken down. You know, the victory that, yes, many lives were taken, and those were God's chosen people that were destroyed, but victory when we're on the other side of it. And for us, this is just an example for us to have victory in the Lord. Remember those things that he's done for us. When we start getting discouraged and down and dreary, we can look back and go, the Lord is faithful, and he's protected us in many times we probably have enemies in here maybe they're um maybe it's ourselves we are an enemy of ourselves because we say things and we think things and we're not so kind to ourselves but this was so encouraging to me because i feel like there's times when i have had enemies that people speak evil against me and my family or attack me um, we we used to live just a couple streets down, and there was this lady that haunted me all the time. She would call the police on me. She would um, verbally harass me. She accused me. There was accusation after accusation, and it wasn't my whole family. It was just me, and I did not understand a thing about it. It didn't make sense to me. Like, why would she be attacking? I didn't, I didn't even know her. I didn't even do anything to her, but the Lord was good in that I didn't have to fight that battle. I would pray and my husband went down to the, um, courthouse with me one time to file a restraining order because she was really frightening me at this point. She was trying to lure my little girl over the fence to play in her yard. She didn't have children. And so we, we went to get a restraining order and, um, Pastor Jeff knew about it and he was, you know, backing us up with it and, and the Lord was just very clear to be still. And I didn't understand that. I was like, I just want to go give her a piece of my mind and some more. And, but the Lord knew. He already saw what was going on. But sometimes in our in his stillness, in his quiet, we think he's not there. And he's not paying attention. And so we think we have to take things into our own hands. And um, the Lord was at work behind the scenes. He, um, this lady contacted our landlord at the time. And the landlord didn't say anything to us for a while. Instead, she hired a private investigator. And they watched us, and they saw that all these things that this lady was accusing me and and then into our family, that it wasn't true. And so all that heaped back on her, and it gave me a heart really to pray for her, too, because she was just lonely. Like, what was her hurt? I I think what it came down to is she was jealous. She never had children, and I had an abundance of children, and I think that's, that's what it came down to. But the Lord will deal with our enemies. We don't need to deal with them. Here, the Lord had the Jews; they were able to fight back. They didn't have to um, do anything but just wait on the Lord, and and the timing too is just perfect. I just think that's so impeccable of the Lord. Like the thirteenth day of the month of Adar, um, the day that they were going to be destroyed is the day that it turns, and they're able to to do that. And it, that's so God's timing. Verse eighteen. But the Jews who were at Shushan assembled together on the 13th day as well as on the 14th, and on the 15th of the month they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages who dwelt in the unwalled towns celebrated the 14th day of the month of Adar with gladness and feasting as a holiday and for sending presents to one another. Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters to all the Jews near and far who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to establish among them that they should celebrate yearly the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar, as the days on which the Jews had rest from their enemies as the month which had was turned from sorrow to joy for them and from mourning to a holiday that they should make them days of feasting and joy, of sending presents to one another and gifts to the poor. God loves for us to remember those things. Just like when God delivered um, the Israelites out of uh, the hands of the the Egyptians, and he gave them manna, and he had them take manna, collect it, and put it in a jar for generations to remember. God um, loves us to remember those things and we need to do that too we need to hold to those things and never forget because we are to teach them to our children and our children's children and on and on because he is good if we don't who will the world is right there ready to give the opposite truth of who God is (laughs) so we need to it's up to us so if we don't do it who will Verse 23. So the Jews accepted the custom which they had begun as Mordecai had written to them. Because Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to annihilate them, and had cast Pur, that is, the lot, to consume them and destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letter that this wicked plot which Haman had devised against the Jews should return to, on his own head and that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows. So they called these days Purim, after the name Pure. Therefore, because of all the words of this letter, what they had been concerning this matter and what had happened to them. The Jews established and imposed it upon themselves and their descendants and all who would join them, that without fail they should celebrate these two days every year, according to the written instructions and according to the prescribed time. So this this is still in effect. This is one of those feasts that is still celebrated to this day. And nowadays they will um, make these little cookies, and I, I forgot how to pronounce the name, but they are supposed to be um, it's like a pastry with a little um, jelly or jam inside. Sometimes it's poppy seeds and whatnot, but it, it's in the shape of a triangle, and it's supposed to be Haman's hat that his hat fell and he was destroyed. And so th- there's a sweetness to it. Instead of, like, a bitter, it's a sweet because the enemy of the Jews was destroyed. And so they do that. They, um, they have parades. They dress up in costumes. Um, you guys go home and look at a YouTube. I was going to do a YouTube video, but I, I didn't do it. But um, you can look at it, and they still do that. And maybe... Maybe they don't really understand quite where it's from because we kind of see that with our world as people, we start getting off and swaying one way or the other and we forget why. We might have traditions in our own home like, where did this even start? How are we even doing this? But this was supposed to be dedicated and, and prescribed for a time that they would never forget the day that the Lord turned what was meant for evil for good. I just... I can't press that enough. Like for us, that we should just be doing that. We should be establishing those those things with our children and with our with our um, family members. Verse twenty nine. Then Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihail, with Mordecai the Jews, wrote with full authority to confirm the second letter about Purim. So Esther writes. There's a second. Letter. It's Mordecai starts it, but Esther comes behind to encourage it. And she has full authority as the queen. She writes the second letter about Purim and that it should be kept. And it's, it's established, but it's also kept. It should never be forgotten. And it's throughout all the provinces and the cities, all of it. Verse 30, And Mordecai sent letters to all the Jews, to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus, with words of peace and truth, to confirm these days of Purim, at their appointed time, as Mordecai the Jew and Esther, Queen Esther had prescribed for them, and as they had decreed for themselves and their descendants concerning matters of their fasting and lamenting, so the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim, and it was written in the book. We just look at that, the Romans eight twenty eight, for God works all things together for good to those that love Him and are according to his purpose. So these things, this stress, you think of all the, the trials and whatnot of feeling that stress, but the joy um, that comes in the morning. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. So just to, to reflect and not forget these things. Chapter 10. the And King Ahasuerus imposed tribute on the land and on the islands of the sea. Just a different king all the way around. Now he's he's posing tribute. It's not... The, the one that's sitting around feasting, getting drunk, and letting others do his business. He's the one that's imposing tribute on the land and on the islands of the sea. Now all the acts of his power and his might and the account of the greatness of Mordecai to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai... The Jew was second to King Ahasuerus and was great among the Jews and well-received by the multitude of his brethren, seeking the good of his people and speaking peace to all his countrymen. Mordecai's character um, of humility, he never asked to be in authority. He never imposed that or expected that. But we see that with Scripture Psalm 1:47-6. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. We, we sing that song, but it's, um, you guys know the lyrics to that song. <laughs> I love that song because it's, it's true. It's like if we just humble ourselves to the Lord, in his due time, he will raise up. He will do what? His good work in us. Psalm 1827, for you shall save the humble people, but will bring down haughty looks. The Lord saw all that Haman was doing and he saw all that Mordecai was doing and Esther. He's the one that raises and esteems and brings those up that are, that are humble. Second Chronicles 714. Most of us know this. This is one that um, we, we pray a lot for our own nation. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God wants to do that. He wants to heal our land. He wants us to be right with him. He wants that relationship with us. Um, Just like I was speaking on in Psalm 139, that his desire is that we would come to know him and serve him and love him and have that relationship with with him, and and that was his desire too for Haman, but Haman chose otherwise, and so that's something we can um, just trust the Lord with that we just can follow Him and pray for others and let God deal with with them. First Peter five six. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. So throughout this book, we just see the the Lord's providence. His divine nature. He's in complete control of everything. We don't need to fear. We don't need to fret over those things that people do or our enemies or, or whatnot. Um, Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. That means we can trust him. Doesn't mean that we don't plan and we don't, we don't look to the future, but we need to trust him and be willing to surrender those things to him. Because just like in this book, everybody's having their own little plans and whatnot, but the Lord's behind the scenes working even behind the scenes with people that don't know him, that don't have him as their Lord and Savior or cry out to him. He's still at work in their lives and trying to get their attention. So it's number one is God's providence over this book. Number two is leave the judgment to the perfect judge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Let's let God be God and just trust Him to deal with our enemies, because really the biggest our our big en- enemy is Satan. He's he's the the true enemy. Um, I've always heard of the saying: "Is hate the sin, not the sinner? Not to hate one another. Just trust the Lord that He knows hearts. He will deal with vengeance with our enemies, beloved. Do not avenge yourselves." but rather give place to wrath that it is written vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord that's romans 12:19 we are to pray for our enemies it doesn't say but i maybe esther was praying for haman maybe esther was praying that um that they would wake up and and see that god is god the creator of the universe loves his creation he wants a relationship with them when we um, look back at chapter 8, verse 17, it said, Many of the people of the land because, became Jews because fear of the Jews fell upon them. Many of them turned from their ways and, and followed after God because they saw God's work in the Jews. So we are being watched. We are being uh, more than we'd like to, I'm sure. Um, sometimes I just want to hide. I don't want to be watched, but we are. We're being watched, and so we can have a determining on people coming to Christ. Not that it's all on us, but we are being watched. We are, uh, as Christians, we that means to be like Christ, little Christ. So we are running around these little Christ, and so we need to be better um, following the Lord and just letting the Lord do His work in us. That sanctification process hurts, but let Him do it. Verse, or, uh, I'm sorry, point three: Celebrate the Lord's goodness in your life. Don't forget to praise the Lord for all the things that he's done in your life. Just recently when I had surgery, I was in, in pain a lot, and I could not find for a while as I was laying on the couch. I was wallowing in self-pity and frustration and all the things that I wanted to do and I couldn't do. But God did show me, like, there is much to be thankful for. I still had both my legs, even if one wasn't working. You know, I still, I still have... Um, a beating heart. I still can be used. I still, I can still seek him while there is time. Don't forget what he's done for us. Salvation's our biggest thing, but the little things in life are just as important to remember and to reflect on because that is going to do a change in our heart. So if we have a constant heart and perspective to praise the Lord, it's going to flow out of us. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him, Psalm 34, 8. Remember his statutes and tell them to your children and your children's children. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for, for who you are and just your goodness, Lord, that you love us despite us. You, you love us despite our failures and our weaknesses. Lord, help us to learn from this book that we can trust you with our entire life, not part not half, but all of it, that you are good. You see everything that goes on behind the scenes. Help us to trust you when we feel taken advantage of and we feel abused or, or neglected or, um, or whatnot. Lord, help us to remember that you see it all and remember what Jesus did for us. He took all that weight and everything that we that we did in our sins, Lord, and he took it upon himself, and he carried it at the cross. Lord, help us to not forget those things, but to to relish in those things, to remember those things, to speak of your goodness to others, to speak of your goodness to our children, Lord, that we would not let a day go by that we don't share the goodness of, that you've done in our lives and those around us, Lord. Help us to look more like you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.